I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today's guest name is Lon. She is the author of an amazing book called Modern Merlin, Uncover Your Magical Powers. The title, of course, had my attention right away. She is not only an author, but a sacred geometry artist. She is passionate about concepts like magic, manifestation, energy, multidimensionality, sacred geometry, and the law of attraction, which you know I love everything about all that she loves to talk about. I know Lon and I will have such a fun conversation because after reading her book, we are so aligned and I can relate to everything she writes about in her beautiful book. I am excited to share Lon with you today, but before we get started, I wanted to share with you some success stories from my clients that I am so proud of. To hear back from these amazing kids who have taken Raising Confidence and know that they are using the tools I have taught them and have now charted a new approach to their daily lives is a beautiful thing. Just learning how to begin their day with a high vibration and setting an intention for the day is a game changer. They all tell me how their parents are even shifting and raising their vibration and making a difference in their entire household. How empowering to know it really only takes one person in your family to raise the vibration so the others will rise up and match them. It happens almost 100% of the time. Another amazing success story is from my Magic Path clients who have learned, first of all, how to live a more neutral life and not be triggered by the usual things that have triggered them most of their lives. They now say they find it interesting when something does trigger them and how right away they stop and adjust their thinking so they get that it's a reflection of what used to reside inside of them so they no longer can get triggered. Learning to live trigger-free is like a muscle. But once you develop that muscle, life becomes so much fun and so neutral. You don't or you can't even have those unsettling feelings because you view everything from a neutral place. Let me ask you this question. Do you live in neutrality or are you aware of the limiting beliefs that trigger you from living in a neutral place? If you want me to help you, I would love to. I am so passionate about helping my clients get to a place where they can observe and shift their thinking so they can see it all from a higher perspective and as perfect. When you can see that everything in your life is perfect and working for your highest good, then life takes on an entirely new meaning. If you want to take the magic path and transform your life, or you want 
your kids to take raising confidence and begin their life with empowering tools so they can live a neutral, trigger-free life now rather than wait until they are older when it's harder to diminish those triggers' intensity. Then go to my website, put your name on the waiting list, or just email me at ashleygonner at gmail.com and I will send you the information or answer any of your questions. Another idea would be, why don't you take the courses with your child, like some of my clients have done, and have an accountability partner who will call you out when you react to something. Now that is what I call magic. I have that with my girls and Richard. And I mean it when I say our life is pretty neutral. And if one of us gets out of alignment, we are all there to remind each other to get back to the truth of who we are and know that everything in our lives is perfect and working in our favor, even though sometimes it seems impossible. But when you look back at those moments, you can see the magic in them all. I look forward to working with you in 2022 and making this year a year of transformation and growth so we can all ascend together on this path of enlightenment called our life. Let me tell you about Lon before I bring her on the show. She was born and raised in Holland. She began her professional career after attending art school, working in the advertising and graphic arts industry. What later began as a personal journey into sacred geometry is now not just her career, but her life's passion. Lon's personal guidance allows people to shift perspectives, to align their vision with their soul's essence, and take back their life. She uses sacred geometry design to address large concepts that are the core of human experience. These images, in combination with her teachings and writing, inspire original thoughts and activate thinking beyond the everyday. Lon's toolbox includes sacred geometry products, oracle cards, mindset guidance, oracle readings, and an online course and book called Modern Merlin. She also offers web and graphic design that is vibrationally aligned with you and your vision. So without further ado, please welcome Lon to the show. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Oh, me too. After I just finished your book, Modern Merlin, Uncover Your Magical Powers, which I was saying in the introduction that, of course, I love the book. Plus, it has my podcast name right in there. But we, you know, after reading your book and knowing where I am in my spiritual journey and where you are, and you spoke my language so much, but you take it to a different it's just so fun to listen to your, just the way you, in your insight and all this whole spiritual energy, vibration, the beautiful art that you draw, this, the sacred geometry that's so fascinating to me that I don't really know about. So after following you, listening to your, or reading your book, and now meeting your beautiful face, I can't wait to share it with everyone on this show that's going to be so into, interested in your beautiful message. I would love for you to go back to a place where you started to really, this is, this opened up into your life, like where you see the magic, where, where did you start to say, whoa, this is where my passion is. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, let me put my computer on focus. I just suddenly realized, like, you know, let's keep this really intimate and <laughs> private. Wow. You know, I was trained. I'm from Holland, the Netherlands, in Europe. I was born there. Um, I was raised there and I went to art school there. And I was uh, trained as a graphic designer and I went into the advertising industry. So I've always been really drawn to like pictures and putting things together and making things flow together. I've always had this huge sense of how to harmonize not just pictures, but also how to harmonize people, how to harmonize my surroundings. So as a graphic designer, at some point I came across crop circles and I was just so impressed with the design of crop circles and so taken by the complexity and the intricacy of, of the mathematical underlaying architecture of it. And from there, I came across the term sacred geometry and I just started taking those, those pictures that I could find, putting them in line art and playing with them, giving them color and giving them gradients and forms and shapes. And I had so much fun with that. And I started thinking about how that could be considered to be a language. So I tried it out. I'm like, well, what if I could visualize and create an image that way based on sacred geometry? That, that symbolizes something like healing or something like love or something like intimacy or you name it. And I started working with that and I felt like I could catch that. I could capture that. And from there, I started trying out because somebody asked me in my surrounding, one of my friends was like, can you draw me? And I'm like, wow, I've never tried that. I will try that. So from there, this grew into um, personal soul portraits that I base on people's energy and on people's soul mission, so to say. And I started making those. And in the process of all of that, I got so fascinated with what this all means. Like, you know, that we can understand something that is so conceptual and not necessarily based on a picture that's relatable, right? We can all relate when we see a picture of a fluffy dog or, you know, a beautiful sunset or flowers, and we feel something inside because we can relate that to an experience or to something right. that happened to us. With sacred geometry, like something that you see in the back of me here, we can't. There's really not, well, this one might remind us of a flower, but a lot of them, they're just shapes, and colors and they still evoke a feeling and an emotion mm -hmm. so that brought me into the whole idea of multidimensionality and on you know in a whole realm of like what lies beyond the world that we are so used to the things that we can see and feel and taste and touch there is something going on inside of us that is so large and um I was always a very intuitive child and a very sensitive child. And I always could connect to people and, and kind of had a sense of people when I would first meet them. I knew how, do you, how they were feeling or if they were hurting. And um, as a child, nobody explained this to me. My, I don't think my parents quite understood it, mm -hmm. uh, let alone that they could explain to me what to do with that. So... And now later on in my life, when I started 
moving more into the realms of multidimensionality and understanding that more, I realized that I was just always attuned already to those spaces and places that nobody really talked. Now we talk about it, but back in the day when I was growing up, nobody talked about that. Right. So when I'm looking at that flower behind you, I I mean, to me, it looks like this beautiful multidimensional flower. Right. So it's a soul portrait. So when you take, when you're looking at me, it's called a soul portrait. So you're looking at, see, I just interviewed someone that could see the aura. Right. Is that similar? Um, Perhaps it's not necessarily that I see something while I look at you, but experiencing you and especially, you know, throughout this interview, I'm going to have an experience of you and of your essence and of who you are and, and on a very deep level as well. I mean, I can see you with my eyes and I can, you know, I can hear you, but I'm going to be able to tune in to who you are on a soul level Mm -hmm. And I can translate that then into colors. It's not that I know that right now. I really have to consciously open that channel, if you want to call it that, Mm -hmm. and really put the attention out there that I want to do that. And I don't ever do that without permission. I don't, because it's a very, I think it's a very sacred place and very private to just just because I could tune in on a soul level, that doesn't necessarily give me automatic permission. I think that is something that I would always ask permission for to do. But that's how you do your soul portraits is you just, you have a conversation like this. Yes. Yes. I always start out with a, with a session, like where we sit together and I bring people in a very deep meditation and I guide them to connect that soul part of them. And then we have a very, in-depth conversation as well about who they feel that they are, but also their preferences. So very cognitive things as well, because to put a picture together of who somebody is, you want to put together the, you know, the more linear, physical, three-dimensional aspects of them. And you want to combine that with the more multidimensional soul aspects of them so it's always a combination so that's why with every soul portrait it's a picture like something like this this is actually my own soul portrait Hmm. and there's always a description there's always a a name there's always a concept that comes with each and every one of us because I truly believe that we all come to this earth with a specific journey a specific mission as you know your superpower is probably very different than mine And you're here to not only expand on that yourself, but you're also here to teach me about your superpowers so I can learn from you and and blend that into my own experience in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. So this soul portrait behind me and mine is called um, Illumination. And that's because I'm an illuminator. I am somebody that takes information and language and things that are unknown and mysterious and often hidden still. Mm-hmm. And I bring it into the light. And that's what illumination means. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Huh. So when you talk about, you've been saying multidimensionality, and I'm really, I've been interviewing a lot of people. You know, it's interesting. You're, I think we're in the 90s now in my almost two-year journey at this podcast. And it's been an evolution and I can wow. see my growth. I see my growth along each person, each uh, guest. 
And when I know that when I see this beautiful woman in front of me, this soul that I've connected with, it was at their perfect divine time. I know I'm supposed to learn when I was reading that book, finishing yesterday, going, oh my gosh, this is like perfect time, like divine time, right? So multi, you know, time and the way you describe it and the way you describe horizontal and vertical I, that's yeah. really fascinating. I'm giving you my, what I kind of wanted you to elaborate yeah. on, but you know, we, the people, when we're here in this body, in this 3d world, it's so linear, but when the way you describe multi, cause you use that word a lot in the book, yeah. uh, multi-dimensionality. Yes. Could you elaborate on that Lon? I, I can absolutely, and I'm so excited that you read the book and that you get so much out of it because I mean that has always been my intention, right? To bring this out in a language, in a way that is easy to understand, because yes. a lot of these things are still so mysterious. It's it's almost like I want to take the mystery out of the mystical, right? It's because so many things we've been hearing about, like, you know, you can be a manifester or you can, you know, you can manifest your own life. It's like, okay, so how does that work? Right. Make this more practical. So multidimensionality, like we live in a three-dimensional world. And I, I'm sure that most of your viewers and listeners have heard of that idea, right? It's based on the the horizontal, vertical, and then the depth. So we can, all things of matter are, we can place that in the three-dimensional, their their form. Right. So the multidimensional is anything that is beyond that. All these things that are going on inside of us, like our, our intuition, and everybody has had experiences probably with some something intuitive, you know, that intuitive hit that you get or you're thinking about somebody and the phone rings, you know, all of a sudden. And it is that person or you're going into a parking lot and you really want a parking space. and You start thinking about it and all of a sudden one in front of you opens up. We, we all experience unexplainable things within the paradigm that we have based our reality on a three-dimensional reality and time is one of them right we see time as it's it's a linear journey that goes from the past into the present to the future which is a horizontal line right we we look back on the past and we take our experiences from the past we apply them to our present and to our and then we hope that we're going to create something in the future but there is a whole place in the moment that could open up into this space of all these unseen and mysterious and, and subtle things. Like when you're sitting by yourself, for instance, and you're closing your eyes and you can call this meditating, or maybe this is just a moment for yourself and you're tuning in and maybe you have a little conversation with the universe or with with the creator or source or God, whatever you want to hear that. And that can be incredibly profound on, on your experience of your day and how you feel. But if you think about it, you can't really explain any of that in a three-dimensional logical manner, right. right? There's nothing there to touch or to hear. Right. And often our experience of time in those moments get completely whack, right? You you can sit in meditation, come out of it, look at the clock and go like, 
whoa, that was like 90 minutes or whatever, 30 minutes. That felt like just a moment Mm -hmm. or the other way around. You know, you could sit for like 60 minutes and you come out of it and it felt like it was just like this. So it tells us something about time itself, that the way we experience time only refers to us here on Earth. Mm -hmm. Because when you get into your spaceship and you go into the galaxy somewhere, time doesn't move in the same way. And I think I started really thinking about that when I saw the movie The The Martian. Remember that? Like yes. 10 years ago or so. <laughs> Remember that he was on Mars for a certain amount of time. And when he finally came back to Earth, the time was different how it was here than it had been for him. He'd only experienced it as like, I don't remember exactly, but it was only a few years. So he didn't really even age that much. But when he got back to Earth, everybody, it was like a decade or more. So that tells us that time is very multidimensional. And that's why I say time is actually magical. Because the way I describe magic is magic is just anything that we can experience. And we, we can clearly see that it's happening, but we don't really have an explanation for it. So we throw it in the box of magic. And, and a lot of things throughout human history and evolution um, started out as magic. And then later on, because science caught up and found an explanation for it, got adopted in, in our paradigm, you know, in our belief system as part of how we understand our reality. Right. When you talk about, I was thinking the perceptual mode, you explained that's the going inward. That's what you call going inward, being in that multidimensional, what you were just talking about, like a dream. Do you, how do you describe dreams? Cause I've been, you know, I just, the man I just interviewed that came out today was talking about, you know, he sets an intention before he goes to bed that he wants to go some, you know, have his soul. I, I you know. Too, yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I can, I've interviewed people that teleport you know, that they can go ahead and to the future and change the present, you know, progress it, what past and tell me that. Which, which kind of illustrates what we were just talking about, right? Right. Time is really relative. Time is just our, it's, it's an experience and we've made like collective rules around it. So we all have kind of a schedule and it doesn't become one big mess. So we all kind of know what to do and when to meet and when to go to work and when to go to bed and going inward or or meditation. I call it perceptual mode because it's switching your perception from perceiving the outer world, the external Mm -hmm. to switching towards perceiving and your perception of what's going on inside. And the easiest way to do that is um, just by closing your eyes. Because when we close our eyes, we can't see the external world anymore. And that automatically makes our awareness go to the inside, right? Right. So so dreaming is, is a form of perceptual mode, although I would use perceptual mode more so for a conscious like an intentional way of going inward. And I'm sure that some people have that kind of control over their dream state. And I've known people that do. 
I don't always. I sometimes I do set intentions and sometimes they work out. And other times I wake up in the morning and I had a dream and I'm like, what the heck? Where did that come from? Right. So I, I would say like perceptual mode for me is is really and what I talk about it in the book is like really making the effort, the intention to just tune in and 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 notice what's going on inside. And this doesn't always have to be in long meditations because when you say meditation, a lot of people go like, oh, that's not for me. I tried that. I can't do that. So I try to also offer guidance and tools to show people like this can be really simple. Right? It can be, um, I started on my Instagram account two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I started a new little series, which is called Merlin Moments and they're one minute meditations. So I make them on reels. So they are moving sacred geometry and it has music and it has my voice. And it's basically an, an invitation for people to take one minute, just one minute to stop what you're doing and tune in. Mm-hmm. Like, have you noticed, like, is your heart beating fast today or slow? Like, are there places in your body that are hurting? Have you actually noticed your breath? Like, just focus on your breath just for one minute. Right. I was reading or listening to that today. Oh, did you? Um, yes. And I was also something about, I think if you said it or someone you were talking to about taking six breaths only yeah. in right. one minute. Yes. So I, I sat there and I'm looking in the mirror and yeah. I'm like, that's not many. No. You really think no. about six breaths per minute. I was talking to a friend of mine. She is a holistic uh, veterinarian and she is very, um, very educated in both Western medicine and in the holistic arts. And she is part of the Heart Math Institute. And they do a lot of research on the connection between brain waves and heart. And when they talk about coherence and finding coherence, it means that you find alignment and balance between your mind and what you're thinking and your brainwaves, therefore, and your heartbeat. And she said to find true coherence, you have to slow down your breathing to six breaths a minute. And I said the same as you. I'm like, wow. So I've been practicing that in my morning meditations. I sit and I consciously start slowing down, right? Taking a slow and, and then also feeling my heart. And, and I wear this, um, this aura ring. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Right. So it measures your, your heartbeat, right? So in the morning I can see what my heart rate and my heartbeat was during the night. And on the days that I meditate, my heartbeat is noticeably a lot slower and a lot lower during the night. Right. Do you have, so I'm in this class, the spiritual, I have a spiritual class that I've been taking almost like eight months now, but it's, it's, we really work on limiting beliefs and, you know, trigger-free life, getting to neutrality and living that way and not having that anxiety. And that's what's just kind of sparked my mind to ask this question. Do you live that way? Or do you feel like you live a neutral, have you caught, have you uh, gotten control of those triggers and <laughs> have that awareness to become it stay in alignment type thing you know what i am just as human as everybody else and um some days yes and other days i have to work for it as well you know i i think part of the human journey is is exactly that we are all human 
And all we can do is just continue our own practice and deepening our awareness of what our role is in the experience of our life and how much we create the outcomes and the people and the circumstances. But I have days where I am struggling just like others. I think over time, though, what the difference is, is that for one, I have an understanding of how it all works. And I'm sure that over time, that understanding is going to expand as well, right? I can only work with what I understand right now. Right. And I always joke that I carry around a little backpack. It's my little spiritual backpack and I always have it with me. And there I have my tools and I have a lot of tools. So I know that when I feel stressed or I feel reactive and I feel snappy to my son or to my cat or to somebody in traffic, I am aware of it Mm -hmm. pretty quickly now. And I know like, oh, time to opt my meditation, time to go take a walk, time to take a break and breathe for five minutes and tune in and come back to myself. Right. I love that. Right. It's just the awareness, you know, like, it is. It's uh, you know, awareness. yes, as my journey, as I've watched and looked back at my journey, it's just becoming more aware and, you know, the alignment and how, how you feel your vibration. You know, I'm, uh, I teach these, my classes that I teach, you know, I teach with uh, like children and teach them early on in life, all the law of attraction, basically, and, you know, core values and limiting beliefs and, you know, what vision boards and, you know, everything, all the things that I wish I knew when I was a teenager. Right. You know, but you know, when you, when you start to realize your alignment is your vibration, all those little things that aren't when you're aware of it, you know, awareness, vibration, alignment, all that stuff goes to me like hand in hand when you can live in that place where you can, where you are aware. And yes, we are human. And yes, we do get triggered and we are in traffic, but to realize like, huh, you know, and even me as a mom, right. With your son, my girls, you know, and they come home and I said, you know, if it's hurt people, you know, getting bullied or, you know, whatever, but you know, those little lessons in life of teaching children or being the, the person that is the thermometer, you know, I always say like one person in a family can raise the vibration. Oh, absolutely. That vibration. But you describe, cause you, I love you when you say like attracts, like you speak my language. In fact, uh, Natalie Ledwell, the one that wrote the foreword in your book, she was on my podcast. Love oh, her. Fun. Yes. Yeah, a while, a couple, a year ago, but you know, I think of her mind movies and how you talk about visualization and, you know, the tools at the end of the book and, but you, when you talk about like energy, like attracts like, and how we like manifest things, you know, just if someone was going to say to you, cause I think like you were saying in the beginning, you know, we, you know, I, your book describes it like a, just a way to understand it so much better than saying, do you know how to manifest? You know right. what right. I mean? So yeah. explain, explain <laughs> your energy. Right. Right. How? <laughs> yeah, right. They're how? like, oh, you know how to manifest? Okay. But to explain the how that all intertwines, the energy, you know, all that stuff. Well, for one, I think for us as humans to know how to do the how, to get to the how, we have to understand the why. Because yes. no matter what, our brains are very, our minds are very 
powerful in in being our allies, right? So we have to understand, our brains need to be on board as well. Your mind has to work with you, right? If you walk around and you go like, I want a really great relationship, but in the meantime, the thoughts that are going through your head all the time is like, I'm not worth it. You know, I'm too fat. I'm too old. I'm whatever, not successful enough. I'm something too, right? Then the signal that you're sending out the vibrational signal that you are generating by those thoughts and the feelings that come from it are not in alignment with what you want, right? So you got to get it all in the same place. Yeah, funny that you mentioned Natalie Letwell because that's that's how we met. We met at a Joe Dispenza conference. Like I did a, a couple of his retreats. That's on uh, my vision board, by the way. Right. Oh yeah. No, it's amazing. It's amazing. It taught me so much. And I realized because back then I just started with all this sacred geometry and he was talking about sacred geometry and I'm like, speaks my language. And I so align with everything that he is doing. And then he brought Natalie Latwell in from mind movies and she taught the whole audience how to work with mind movies. And I'm like, I got to talk to her because my activations my art should be part of the mind movies it is so there's a part on mind movies that's called sacred geometry where you can choose some of the activations that i made that have to do with abundance and healing and romantic love and joy and things like that so that's how we met because she really liked my art so then when i finally wrote this book i asked her like would you do me the honor of writing the foreword? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. So. Oh, neat. I love that. Yes. Joe Dispenza has taught me so much. I mean, I've read his books, but I've had a few people on my show that have become trainers for him. Ah. And, uh, I think that's the next step for me anyway. It's on my vision board for. Oh, it's very aligned with what we're talking about. I mean, he teaches meditation. He teaches the same thing. He teaches as well that, for us to be powerful creators, to be modern magicians that are actually capable of performing miracles and magic, you know, the magic of, of manifesting those things that we want. We have to start from the inside out. We got to go inward. We got to go inward and figure out whether there is that coherence between our hearts and our minds, if it's all aligned. And we got to figure out what our subconscious programs and beliefs that are in there and how much they are influencing what we truly believe. Right. And that's what we send out. So, yeah. No, I think of when I try to teach, you know, going inward, visualize what you want, feel the feeling, you know, it's really like feeling the feeling. It's so important for that feeling part, but you know, with how old is your son? He's 19. Okay. So, you know, like as a mom, when you're, you know, trying to help the tools that you teach him how to manifest, like, how do you teach as a mom? What are your big things on teaching your, your son as he has um, grown? You know what I, I rate, he was, he was raised with all of this, you know? So he was, he grew up with a mom that made these weird pictures of people and of things. And then he watched me create my whole body of work he watched me get a publisher and publish my oracle decks and I got translated awarded I mean so he watched the whole thing and saw 
and experienced himself, like how many people were drawn to my work and how many lives I am touching because of it. And I think it's probably so much part of his upbringing. I didn't even do it as a practice, you know, but he knows that if something he can tell me and he could at a very young age, like if there was something physically going on with him, I would always ask him, I would always say like, just go inside and tell me if this is something that we need to address on a physical level or is there something else going on? Is there something deeper? And he could always tell me. And the biggest example of that that I can give you is that at some point he had these crazy pains in his stomach and we couldn't figure out what it was. And he went to the doctor a couple of times and they couldn't find anything. And one morning he woke up, actually one morning I woke up and I had dreamt the word appendix appendix was on my mind. Hmm. And he woke up and he told me, he's like, mom, he's like, there's something more going on. There's something wrong. We need to do something. So I followed that intuition and I threw him in the car and we went to the ER and he was actually on the surgery table within like half an hour and they said it out to burst. So, and even to this day, he knows when to tell me when something is really going on and we need to intervene on a deeper level or, or he can tell me like, yeah, this is just going to go away. It'll be fine. He's like, I'm going to go to sleep. He spends a lot of time by himself as well. He needs Mm -hmm. a lot of, time alone he would never call it perceptual uh, mode right <laughs> and, you know because that's kind of like yeah that's your thing you know I don't do that right but it's interesting to watch him because he's an amazing manifester he manifests like left and right as if it's and it comes effortlessly because he is just it's in his way of being and doing I mm-hmm. think the difference is that maybe you and I we grew up with a different paradigm, right? So we have to work much harder to expand beyond that and to transcend that paradigm and find ourselves in a new place. Well, he grew up in this paradigm that I provided for him. And so he does that very smoothly. Yeah, I love that. That's how my girls are. And I, I was very intentional like you as raising them with this and, you know, knowing that to have these, just the knowing and the awareness that, you know, I have now at 53 years old, you know, if I could have had it in my teen years, what my life would have looked like. And, you know, just to give that little gift to them. Yes, I hear you. And I thought about that. And I think maybe it's interesting. I'm I'm listening to this book by the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu right now. And it's called the Book of Joy. Oh, yes. And they are talking about the direct relationship between the height of our joy and the depth of our hardship. And it's almost like, I feel like, yes, sometimes I do. I was very lonely as a child because mm-hmm. I felt so out of place with my, my sensitivity and my, what I know now are maybe even called psychic abilities, but right. But then again, I think it also helped me to get to where I am. I, right. I don't, right. I, I mean, Oh yeah. No, I'm so thankful for that. My journey. Oh my gosh. But I think would I say that if I knew what I know now, and if I could help tell my children, teach them, I mean, we're all here at this time and it's perfect. And they chose me and all that, (laughs) you know, we're all. Do you notice as well? Because I noticed that in my son, that, that I see a lot of similarities in how he is. And I also see that therefore 
he spends a lot of time by himself. He doesn't mm-hmm. connect. I mean, he does connect, but only with, he's very, he's very picky. Let's put it that way. Right. Very. Oh my gosh. My he girls. People. He wants depth. And yes. Meaning, and he doesn't, he's not looking for superficial. I admire that, but I sometimes feel like, yeah, I, it comes a little bit with the territory. It does. And I, that's my girls. They'll tell me, Paige will call me at lunchtime and say, I'm going to go call my mom. You know, she just doesn't. And I told her, I said, you know, nothing. They're not wrong. They're on their journey, those girls and the boys. And, you know, I mean, I, I just our our life, my life, you know, 30 so years ago at high school was completely different, you know, so it's hard for me to understand. But when I see her where she's at and what she's learned from me and grown up that way, it's a different energy, you know, and it's not bad or wrong. It's just, you know, she just doesn't connect and she'll find a couple friends and then it'll kind of like, mom, sometimes I just kind of like to be alone. (laughs) She had that conversation with me this weekend and I said, yeah, I, I get it. And I think, see, my my vision for the world is that that we can shift the paradigm to where we start valuing time alone and that we don't necessarily see that as a lack. And I'm not talking about loneliness because I, I, I don't want people to feel lonely and there is a lot of loneliness. But I do think that we don't value our, our time alone. We don't, you know, we... we we finally have gotten to the place where most of us are putting time on the calendar to go to the gym, but we still don't really schedule time to just spend it in, in contemplation, in meditation, in time alone. We still see that almost as a luxury or as a, and we are starting to understand though, that that could might as well be at the core of our health and well-being. that time mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. Right. So yes. I, I hope that that's going to shift at some point. You know, I hope that we can celebrate the people that, and it's and it's starting a little bit, right? Yeah. Self care is starting to be a little bit more of good for you, right? Take care mm-hmm. of you first. Um, Where do you see? So when I saw that your book, your book came out December of 2021, so yeah. just yeah, last month. Sure. Yes, I have it too. Have <laughs> I'm like, here's mine. <laughs> hey. <laughs> But did, were you writing it in 20, like explain your take on 2020. Did you see it coming? What were you, what is your, like, where are we going? I want to hear your take on that. It's, it's interesting that the book came out when it did, because it came out at the perfect timing, right? I think people are so hungry to find new meaning and to find guidance. And we're all looking for like, what do we do? Where do we go? How do we do it? And how is, why is this happening? And of course, I didn't know that because this book has been in the making, well, for lifetimes. But I mean, I literally started writing it maybe three years ago or something. Actually, I started it out as, a, as an online course. And pretty soon into me starting it as an online course, I realized like this should be a book. Mm-hmm. So then I called my publisher and I said like, hey, I got this idea for a book and I outlined it for them. And they were like, yes. So, um, yes, I started way before the pandemic or anything. What was happening? I think the pandemic, if anything, is a beautiful opportunity for all of us to really find the value in in this experience of being being alive right, in a physical body, 
And, and hopefully it will shift our view also on what creates health, right? And how to take care of, of ourselves, of our, of our physical health, of our mental health, of our emotional health and, and of each other. And it's showing us also how connected we are. Like there is no separation. What you do is going to have an influence on everybody around you. Right. right. Everything is connected. That's, I mean, if there's anything, then that's what a virus shows us. Like, wow, you know, there is no, there's no difference. It doesn't make a difference between who you are. It's going to right. affect everybody. So I think despite the hardship in this whole journey, I think there's also beautiful, like the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu were saying, like the deeper the hardship, the more potential there is for great joy and great transformation and breakthroughs in in like hopefully like oh wow we can change things right we can change things and we can build something better coming from from this right but don't you and i'm hoping that my book will help with that by you know laying the foundation of helping people to understand how their life is put together anyways you know right yeah so when you think of this transitional time that we're living in right now, and I think you called it sent like it's the, you know, you have to go through this to get to this bigger, you know, more expanded version of life. You have to go through, I mean, that's life. You go through these hard times to get out of it something more. Right. Well, if you if you look at it from an energetic point of view, and I'm a very energetic oriented being, I see everything in energy. So if you look at it from an energetic point of view, then you can envision the quantum field is just a field with energy and energy exists in many different forms. It's all waves or particles. And usually it is floating around. I'm simplifying. So don't fall all over me with with scientific. I'm simplifying here, right? (laughs) So all these waves of energy are floating around and they're basically waiting for something to interact with to become a particle, right? So we have, so in a time where, let's say that the paradigm where where we are in right now, like the three-dimensional world that we're living in, it is based on our beliefs, And those beliefs have caused the energies to form a certain pattern and a certain structure, right? Got it. Yes. See it like that. So in order to go beyond 3D, and we're being asked to do that because science is showing us that there is a multidimensionality out there that we are part of. So science is pushing us that way. Mm -hmm. In order to go beyond that, we have to break the patterns, break the structure that we were in. To in order for that energy to be able to become a new structure and a new pattern, right? Yes. So we can then imagine that if you start breaking down an existing structure and pattern, it becomes a mess. It's chaotic because you're breaking it apart and nothing new is is there yet. And so things are falling apart. There's nothing to hold on to because everything that was formed is now falling apart. So our institutions, our health institutions, our educational system, our banking system, you name it, everything is kind of in, you know, it's it's wobbling and falling apart. Mm -hmm. And it needs to do that because the energies are trying to become something new and bigger in a bigger picture, in a more multidimensional expression of it. So that's where we are. We are right in the middle of that chaos of where everything is trying to rearrange itself. 
Right. Where do you, I mean, I know in our lifetime, I've been, um, you know, Atlantis, you know, the age of Aquarius, all those words that people are using and where we're going. Right. And I know Um, it's time because we're all now, it's not, we're not going anywhere. It's like, describe that one for me, Lon. Oh man, I've always felt that I'm, that I'm definitely not from earth. Like some people, you can just tell they are rooted in earth. You know, they have, you can tell they're like trees energetically. I can even tell when I look at them, like, wow, you are really earthy. It's beautiful. They're, you know, they're really strongly rooted. I'm not like that. I'm very ethereal. I'm very floaty. I'm very, I'm much more energy than I am physical body. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like I am from this planet. I feel like I originated somewhere else and in a very different dimension, but I have been here many, many times. I feel like I've done this journey on earth many times. And this lifetime is my time where a lot of these experiences are coming together. And that's, I think Mala Muralin is part of that. And it took me, over a decade to put it together, right? Because when I started with all those pictures, those mm-hmm. pictures were flowing through, but I didn't really understand like how that fitted in the in the overall, like, well, that's great, but what do I do with that? And what does it mean? And now with Modern Merlin, it just feels like that same process, right? Now my structure has rearranged itself. Right. And it's now a really strong structure of, I understand it as a new paradigm, as I use the word magic as, as a basis, because it's such a beautiful, attractive word anyways, and it makes sense. So now everything has come together and um, that's what I'm here for. I, I feel like, yes, I, when I hear Lumeria, I always have this, oh, there's this homesick feeling. Oh, huh. Right? There's uh-huh. a feeling of like, I understand it. When I hear from people from, from, other planets, I often feel that same way. So, and that's so beautiful because I think so many amazing beings like yourself that are so conscious and we're all kind of here with the same mission, right? Just to contribute to the uplifting of humanity and to support the evolution and the consciousness that comes with that. So it's really fun because I think we're starting to find each other more and more and we can finally talk about it in the open. Right. Yes. Isn't that true? I used to think if people only knew what I read and listened to, (laughs) they would just, or even putting people on the podcast where I thought, well, I'll just put them on and see what happens. And people think I'm crazy, but it's funny. Those are almost the ones that are more People will call me and say, oh my gosh, that was amazing. And I'm, I said, oh, okay, well, people are ready for that. You know, yeah. the people that you thought were trees are, are now like branching out. Right. Oh yeah. And just because there are trees here doesn't mean that they are not incredibly old and have done many, many lifetimes and have deep understanding of, of how everything fits together. Right. And that kind of happened to me, which you're describing when I released the book, I mean, the book's been out for only like a month. And right. I remember that when I, after the launch date, I felt really unsettled for a couple of days. And I realized it brought up all these ancient feelings. I'm probably from different lifetimes of like, oh, what have I done? I put it out there. I poured everything that I understand mm-hmm. as a soul, as a spirit, as an energetic being. I poured that out and I, I offered that to the world in the form of words and a book. 
And what is the world going to do? Are they going to burn me at the stakes? Are they going to reject me? Tell me that I'm crazy. That was really unsettling for a few days. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would knowing just knowing you for the last hour or so, I would have felt that. And how old are you? Are we? The I'm same? in my fifties, also. Yeah. yeah. So in our fifties, I kind of in the, in the place in my life. I don't know. Would it be different if I put a book out? Actually, with you know a physical thing that if people don't like me, <laughs> you know, it's just such a freeing feeling where you, this is who I am. That's right. who I see you as. That's why it surprised me that you had those thoughts. It's true, but it was, you know, that's, that's one of those triggers. I felt it trigger and it was a really good opportunity for me to look at like, wow, why does that trigger come from? Because I do agree with you. Like my mind agrees that yes, I don't. I mean, I have come to a point where I know exactly who I am and what I have to offer. And I do see the significance and the value of it. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, nobody wants to see like scary reviews on Amazon or on social media. And and unfortunately, we live in a day and age where some people just sometimes really painful things can happen to people um, with all the right intentions. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. It was it was it was different than my art. With my art, I never really had any doubt and I don't really mind what people think like if it's not your thing if it's not your cup of tea then it's fine with me you know some reason with the book it was different and maybe because I'm because I'm touching upon a lot of scientific based things also right I'm, I'm explaining my version of my understanding of the quantum and quantum theory and the quantum field and and our relationship with it and I realized like there could be a lot of science-based people out there. So I'm hoping that I didn't, you know, that I didn't get it wrong or. Oh, right. right? Well, Cause you're not the scientist. Like, oh, right. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, you know, just cause I read your book, it doesn't, I just love it that I, I couldn't put it down and it's not, oh. a, yeah, I really mean that. Cause I, I was on the plane yesterday on the way to, um, we went away and we came back. So I had the whole way on the plane there and the way back and I couldn't wait to read it. And I just went through it so easily. And, um, and it wasn't even, I thought, gosh, you know, I'd read this even if I wasn't interviewing you, it was so easy to read and understand your, the way you describe things. And that's what I really appreciated about it. But at the end of the book, you have your, the way Will you explain that? I forget the name, how you... Uh, transformation tool? Transformation tool, yes. yes. Will you explain that before we end? Yes, the transformation tool is what I offer to people to work with in which they can follow a template to understand and to uncover the often hidden beliefs that we carry inside of us and that we're not even um, aware of. So for instance... I start with a thing like, because it's very relatable for a lot of people to want like um, a beautiful romantic relationship. So I invite people to look at like, what is it exactly at the core of that desire? You know, what is it in you that makes you want? What are you looking for? And what do you feel that you're bringing? And often we find that if what we are creating, so if we can't find that relationship, and, or we keep finding ourselves attracting the same person over and over, and that is not what we're really wanting, then we have to start looking at like what is inside of us that causes that, 
right? right? So the transformation tool is just, it's a template to look at two ways, either with the concepts or either in a story, because a lot of the things that we talk about are based on stories. We all have stories about everything, about ourselves, about the world, about other people. And those stories find their roots again in those beliefs that we have deep inside ourselves. Right. Yes. And that's, I mean, whatever you believe, you're, you're creating your life. Yes. With your beliefs. Yeah. So then the other thing that I offer as well is an online course that goes together with the book. It's also called Modern Merlin and it follows the book in the chapters. They're all modules and each module is a presentation by me, uh, a video presentation. And then I offer like a, a full screen meditation with each module and it comes with a workbook. So then you can take your experience of reading the book even deeper by following the prompts, ask, answering questions, and really go deep inside into the concepts and the ideas that I'm presenting in the book. Oh, I love that. Yes, I would highly, highly, highly recommend it. So to find you, Lon, you would go to lon-art. Yes, you can go to lon-art.com and then you will find uh, Modern Merlin there, both the book and the course. Or you can go to modernmerlinmagic.com. That will bring you there as well. Okay. And where do you see yourself in a year from now? What's your, where are you going to go? Interesting. I've been doing so many interviews, which I love because it makes me feel so supported and connected. And I'm finding all these beautiful people that are so aligned with, you know, we're so aligned and we're finding ourselves. So in a year from now, I'm hoping that I have an incredible network of people and that we're all are collaborating and supporting each other and lifting things up and, and really find our way to the, to the big group, to the big masses. I don't just want to appeal. That's why I made the book so simple. I want it to be understandable for anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maybe I'm- sometimes in school, wouldn't it be great if our children... Oh my gosh. You're talking to me. Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I would, this would be this book. I could just teach this all day long. That would be by, that would be the lesson of the school. (laughs) We actually had that idea because I had the help of a a college professor that is actually a curriculum builder. And she was a vital part of creating this book. Her name is Diane Young. And her idea was because she comes from the college environment. And her idea was also like, wow, I want this to be part of the curriculum that we teach in either colleges or even high schools mm-hmm. because it would change the oh. way we start out our life if we understand these basic fundamental principles. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, that these are what I teach my, that's why I, I, yeah. I get it because yeah. that's, that's amazing. my passion. I, I wake up at four in the morning because my East coast kids and parents are like, I I'm, I'm ready. I have, I'm so, mo- that's just, I know it's my passion. I, I am this, person that sees the the value and I see the you know my kids are now teenagers and they've done this since they could talk and listen and were probably in my belly when they knew you know we're learning all this this, you know but um gosh I just I see it now as teenagers like gosh it's just like your son like it's that when these kids get it they just are this different level of everything. And it's where life becomes fun and magical. And we always, it's always, we'll uncover your magic, but we always look for magic moments 
And it's like, mom, I got my magic moment or my kids, my students are texting me magic moments all the time. I mean, I get them every minute. Like I'll get texts. I'm like, wow, I've missed a, you know, 12 messages, but they're magic moments. And that's what, if children get that at this age, all the things in your book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm all about it. You and I, and I'm sure with, with us many, we both can hold that vision that we're going to bring this into schools and, you know, and make it as a normal part of how we understand reality, because that's the part that needs to catch up. Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. I see myself. I've been doing visualizations. I'm, I'm at camps. I have a camp of this summer camps. I see myself in the school where we have like after school programs, if they don't, you know, like trying to visualize these massive audiences of kids that are getting it and that are hungry for it. And they see the results because the parents are like, whoa, you know, I just is going to catch on and we're at the beginning, but I can just, that's my vision is millions of kids. I will hold that vision with you. And, And that's the beautiful thing, right? If we all hold that same vision, we become so much stronger in, in our manifestation power, in our magical power to create whatever right. we envision. Yeah. Yes. We, we just did our, yes, we just did our vision boards the other day with the girls. We always do them every year. And oh, that's um, so fun. yeah, I have a stack back here from years that we've done. Them. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I tell the girls how important and we've, I've done, they have platforms where they have their vision board parties, but I always say that's so powerful when you are out with more people like you and I are talking about this vision, but the more people that see it, the power in that can take it to the next level so much faster. Visualization is an incredible tool, you know, and that that's the cool thing. And that's what I try to tell people in my book as well. Like we already, all of us, we have access to these tools and you don't have to buy really fancy things. A lot of things you already have access to without you probably even knowing And visualization and imagination. Remember, you and I probably grew up in a time where they said, stop daydreaming. I say, daydream. Yes. That's your tool. Daydream. Visualize it. Feel it. Create it in your mind. And then the universe is going to wrap itself around your vision. Right. We play the reticular activating system game, you know, and we pick something and I show them like, you know, whatever, a red Jeep and we'll, we'll they'll go, mom, there's another one. There's another one. You know, that's exactly what your brain does. That's what you, you visualize it. It's your, they've been there, you know, all day long, a million of red Jeeps, but you just don't see them until you make a point to have an intention. Be aware of it, right? Yes. And have that awareness. Exactly. And that's everywhere. Magic. Right back, that loops us right back to, it all comes down to your awareness. It all comes down to consciousness. Yes. And on that note, Lon, we, I've taken up an hour and I loved it. Thank you oh, so much. It was so fun. I'm oh, so... It was so fun. Yeah. Go, everyone go out and buy Modern Merlin. I loved it so much and I'm not kidding you. It, it, you'll want to read it. You won't want to stop until you won't set it on your bedside. You'll want to finish it like I did in two days. Anyway, thank you so much for being on the show, Lon. Oh, you're so welcome. It was an honor and such a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, 
comments or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.